Welcome in to another exciting episode of the BBIG Pod. That it's is your, what's up. You like that? It's Good your, intro. Your, I like that. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's as always your co, your host, co-host, the Kamish, alongside the fantasy assassin. Yo, yo. What's Nash, up, man? What's going on, man? Oh, you know, another day in paradise. I hear you. Did you have a uh, a good week off from from podcasting? I did. I did. It was very hectic, but I missed it, so I wanted to get back in. That's right. Well, we 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 finished it off with the what the NFC South last time with Jamie, I think. Yeah. I think that's what we uh, no, no, it was the AFC. AFC South. That's right. That's right. Me and you knocked that one out. That was a good pod. Uh, Chris actually uh, texted me. He goes, "Hey, man, that was that's probably my favorite pod that you guys done so far." Wow. Wow. Yeah. Appreciate the love. So we got one listener. Um, <laughs> that's good. So yeah, so we, we we finished it off with the. AFC South. So today, let's we'll dive into a very fun fantasy division, in my opinion, the NFC South. I agree. Could not agree more. But before we do that, let's just let's just quickly touch on a couple of uh, news, real quick. News we did get notes. the news and notes. We did get the draft order set, so that's that's fun and exciting. Manesh, are you happy with your uh, nine spot? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Could be. Worse, I guess, right? No. Could be worse. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm happy, but could yeah. be worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got nine. I'm picking first. Still, Must be uh, nice. still up in the air on what I'm going to do with it. Le'Veon's out there. He said that he's coming back for you. He said he's sorry, man. I, do you accept his apology? I do not. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit, man. I, I was reading. He came out with another apology today because people were telling him they lost a bunch of money because he what of what of what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick for the for the league keepers will be due by August tenth. That's next Saturday. That'll put us what? at that'll put us at two weeks out from the uh, from the actual draft. And me and you will will kind of hit on the keepers as they as they come in. Uh, not on today's show. I like it. Um, and then I think really really big news right now, man, is Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott are still holding out. As we get yeah, closer I know and closer, about that. what's that? Running backs holding out? When did that I happen? I know. And as we get closer to the draft, man, it gets uh, a little scary and scarier day by day. Hey, you man, know? it. If you're panicked, well, then you should be. And if you're not, maybe you should be still. Yeah, I think, I think Le'Veon uh, put the panic in everybody last year. <laughs> you know, we've yeah. we've witnessed Definitely. it, so we know people will do it. We sure do and uh real quick on the, a big injury note man our our somerville uh native aj green man he got hurt again he did that he did unfortunately because um unfortunately this just seems to be the the going going kind of uh, deal with him yeah it happens you know pretty much once a year maybe a couple times a year and it's these kind of injuries that happen and they're just kind of continuously aggravated which I mean you know you can't fault the man for it but as you get older it doesn't ha- it doesn't mean it's going to happen any less let's put it that way exactly yeah I think he just I know he had a birthday the past couple of days I think he just turned 31 so he's definitely getting getting older in terms of uh, football years so I think yeah, I think that also means he's getting older in terms of real person years too it is, but you know, a uh, thirty-one-year-old isn't considered 
really old in a regular job compared to football. But yeah, we'll see what his uh, how it affects his fantasy stock. He's obviously going to drop, so be interesting to see where he goes. I'm interested to hear your perspective on Tyler Boyd now that AJ's out, though. Well, at least for a little bit of time. Um, I I don't think it changes. I think he okay. He was he was better with AJ um, in the lineup because obviously he's not drawing the number one coverage. Um, but I I still think he's he's going to do basically what he did last year. He'll be a good you know low end wide receiver too. I wouldn't mm -hmm. like. I'm not going to throw him up to where A.J. Green normally would have got drafted. You know, I'm not going to do anything crazy like that. What about you? No, you know what? I think um, and if, you, if people want to go back and listen to our AFC North pod, they'll hear a lot of the same things that you just said right now and kind of what I'm thinking along the same lines as you is that I don't think it really shifts the arrow up or down either way. Um, if anything, I think that it draws additional coverage towards him, so it makes his life a little bit more difficult. So. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, his utilization is going to go up, but, um, you know, is that going to be a good thing overall from the grand scheme of things, or is it not? And that's what you have to kind of determine as you're evaluating his prospects for the season. Exactly. Exactly, man. This is, it is interesting because it is a new offense. You know, it's supposed to be a more dynamic and high or more pace, higher pace offense, you know, than what they're used to. So, you know, maybe he does – Maybe he does jump up a little bit, but I wouldn't. I'm not running to put my draft pick in to get Tyler Boyd. Yep. Yep. I think we're aligned here. Cool, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's you ready to jump into the NFC South. I'm ready to jump in. Are you ready to jump in? That's the jump question. Jump in. Jump in, man. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, um, I think we want to gonna start off here with uh, the NOLA Saints. Ooh. Um, can't call them the Aints anymore. Uh, but they went to, they went to the Super Bowl, right? That, no, they did not. So maybe they are the Aints. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> what I will say, though, in all seriousness, this is still, you know, surprise, surprise, a loaded-ass roster. Um, tons of great options, tons of great options at every single level for the most part. Um, and, you know, you can't start anywhere except from starting with uh, our boy Drew Brees at the top here. Yes. So um, as everyone is pretty well acquainted with him, you know, old man, but guess what? He's still turning out, he's still turning up, and he's still one of the best in the games. Or one of the best in the game. Now, as for what that means for his fantasy prospects, that's a different story in my opinion. Um, I think that with the team uh, last year that they had, and Kamara and Ingram kind of running the ball um, after Ingram came back in week five. You saw a, a pretty precipitous drop in terms of Breeze's utilization as well, um, in addition to Kamara's. Now, if you think that that's more of the normal and that the first four weeks were the anomaly, anomaly well, then you might be more um, in the camp that's saying, well, Breeze is maybe a, a lower end or a QB1 versus a mid-tier or high-end QB1. And I'm pretty sure that's where I fall more than most others do, um, is that I'm more reticent to take him in that upper echelon of QBs. I don't know. If, what, are, what are your thoughts here? Um, well, I, there are definitely other quarterbacks I'd prefer over Drew Brees as you're talking about their run game. I mean, they're definitely, I, I 
I view them as a run-first team. Um, and then, you know, Drew Brees plays off of that. If you go back to last year, towards the end of the year, the most important time in fantasy, this is fun, over the last, uh, over the last four games, man, Drew Brees only threw three touchdowns over the last four games, which is not going to get it done in fantasy. Is that especially, especially in the playoffs? Exactly. Is that it's a preview of what's to come? Not going to do too well. See, that's my no. thoughts. I think that's more of a preview than what's to come. I think the three is also super low, uh, but I think that that's more than normal than would be the, you know, the fourteen and four. Yeah. yeah. As in fourteen TDs um, in just four games. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I don't know if it was just me, but watching him play towards the end of the year, it just didn't seem like he had the arm strength to get it down the field like we were seeing, you know, at the beginning of the year. I don't know if this wear and tear, you know, getting older and playing 16 games is taking its toll, but he just didn't look the same to me towards the end as he did at the beginning. Yeah, you know, honestly, though, I think that can get overblown. You don't need to be chucking it 50 yards every single time. And you have to remember Fantasy that points. Ted Ginn also was injured. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you have to understand that Ted Ginn was also injured for most of the season last year. And so obviously that's going to change up the entire offense and how it's schemed around Drew Brees' pass attack, right? Oh, no, I, I get that. I just, I'll just talk that about takes it. The, regardless of whatever you think about Tim, he's the guy that takes the, the top off the defense. And you always have to pay attention because otherwise he's gone. And if Butterfinger Ginn can keep his Butterfingers onto the pigskin, then, you know, that's going to be six points against your team. So... I think that has a huge impact on that team. I agree. I I just meant more of just the plays that were designed that way and the ones that he did throw down the field. Because he wasn't getting them there as easily as It didn't look as good or smooth as it was before. And, you know, that happens. I mean, Tom Brady kind of similar. You know, all these older guys, like, you don't improve your arm strength at 40. Let's put it that way. Even though they're still playing. And playing at a high level, it doesn't mean you're a much better player than you were physically like 10 years ago even. So. Yeah, and I mean, I think something just to keep in mind here, I don't think Taysom Hill's going anywhere. And so even though it might be a handful of plays a game, those are handfuls of plays that basically your number one QB's not on the field. That's a, uh, that's a great point. So I, I'm not saying that he has standalone value whatsoever. I'm just saying that you have to be cognizant of him. And you have to oh, yeah. understand that, you know, if they were going to have 65 plays, well, maybe now it's 60, 55 plays mm-hmm. because Taysom Hill's taking five to ten of them. And, and on like the goal line where Trubies might get a layup. Yeah. So seems, seems like a just lot something of them, to bear in mind. You always got to think about it. Um, for Hill, it's like in the in the 10 zone, in the red zone, it seems like where they bring him in. So that's that's money points right there that could be be uh, taken away from Breeze too. Yeah, yeah. And that brings me to my next point is that the guys that you have behind Drew Breeze, you have uh, no longer Mark, Mark Ingram, who's now been replaced by free agent acquisition uh, Latavius Murray, and also you have Kamara. Now, I don't think that Kamara's going to go back to being the top, or the first four-game Kamara. I don't think that that's sustainable, and the Saints said as much. But where I do think that he's going to be is, fra- you know, strictly into that top ten um, area, in terms of RBs. So, he's going to be a definite RB1. He's obviously being drafted there, top five right now as it is, so... It's not like he's not going to finish there, and you know it might be a moot point just because we know he's probably going to be kept in our league as it is. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, for Did the purposes hear? of the discussion, though, I think that it's important to talk about him and what his ceiling is. I don't think his ceiling is that, you know, upper echelon number one that we were seeing in the first month last year. 
No, I agree. Did you, did you hear what Sean Payton said about Alvin Kamara, uh, like, two days ago? No, uh, not two days ago. Maybe. What did he say? He said he's soft. No way. <laughs> which, which tells me is that they don't view, like you were saying, Alvin Kamara to be the, the what you Don't saw in count. the first four games. He's not, yeah, he's, he hasn't carried the ball over 200 times in this two years yeah. that he's been there. Um, and I, Absolutely. you know, he's probably going to be right around that, that 200 carry, you know, a little bit below. And where he makes his money is catching the ball and touchdowns, obviously. And but see, yeah. that's where I think that you might see an uptick. I just wanted to bring that full circle back to everyone is, yeah, you know what? He might have been taken off the field a lot more than he was, uh, than he should have been maybe, especially with Mark on the field. But with Ingram now gone, Kamara stays in the field, and, you know, he's just as explosive of a receiver as he is a running back with that carries yep. the tote, right? So I think that that also has some prospects for Breeze as well. So something to bear in mind. Can't overlook that fact. Now, the guy that they picked up, though, in Latavius Murray, now that guy, if he doesn't do anything else, he gets the ball at the goal line. So I mm-hmm. think that also limits your prospects if you are a Kamara owner. <laughs> that if you keep him at a relatively low position, understand that you have a ceiling in terms of what you should anticipate with your number of touchdowns on your return. Yeah. So something to recall. I mean, so I guess with that, where do you think Murray? Do you think Murray just fits one to one exactly where Ingram was? Ingram was your kind of low end to high end flex running back. Is that where you think Murray ends up slotting into? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, it might not be touch for touch, but yeah. I, at the end of the year, I, I would not be surprised if Latavius Murray is a low-end RB2 or a high-end you know, RB3 flex play. Um, yeah, I think, I think that that's the consensus of where he's going right now. But yeah. what I would also just venture to say, so, you th- so I think we're pretty much in agreement here. Now, what's kind of also interesting here is that, yeah, we haven't seen it thus far with Kamara in terms of being injured, but, you know, you never know. Smaller guy in high use rate, you know, you just got to kind of obviously have that ready don't want to spend too much time here but you know who you know who else they signed uh you mean fat kelly fat rob no not fat rob they signed a uh, buck allen actually from the ravens uh, he's on the so, ir now is he really okay yeah well never mind on buck allen but uh, <laughs> i gotcha but they also they also that's why they, that's why they signed me aside from that's why they signed Fat Rob. Fat Rob. Okay, well, I don't think mm-hmm. Fat Rob has any type of standalone value or even as a mm-hmm. Mika, more mm-hmm. just there for depth. But they did they did pick up a rookie that um, had a pretty high grade on a few board, draft teams boards, um, in Divine, and I love this last name, Ozigbo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's pretty. That's a, definitely a fun name, and I think that he can be a pretty fun option if you did see uh, Kamara or Murray get hurt. And I think that yep. you have seen the latter occur. More than one occasion, on more than one occasion. Murray's oh, yeah. not the standard of excellence when it comes to remaining healthy for 16 games, and so we know that this offense can support two running backs at a healthy rate, and so I think that's a fun name just to kind of keep in there. Not only because it's a fun name, but also because it's a fun fantasy option in terms of oh, a handcuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Definitely. Anything I else agree. to add on the running backs, or do you want to jump over to the wideouts? No, I think uh, I think I think they they are covered. I think we know. The two best options there, and uh, yeah, let's move on, because I think the wide receivers are a little more interesting. Interesting, yeah, I'd agree. So I think wide receiver one, top five consensus, Mike Thomas, we don't really need to talk about him too much, nope. aside from the fact that he can uh, pay for our fantasy draft this year if he really wants to. He's got a lot of money, I think, so. Um, 
Hey, Mike, we're still looking, you know, we have one keg, but hey, one's never enough. We can always go for a second, so. Let's do it, man. Your boys are always hungry, thirsty, you know. <laughs> Just hook it up, you know. OH, let's go, Mike. Um, but anyways, yeah, Mike, top five. I don't think we need to spend too much time. But what I think it gets interesting is the next guy. In your opinion, where do you think fantasy owners should go whenever they're looking for a secondary option? Speaking just from the wide receiver position. So I'll tell you who they got. They got the rookie from last year, Traquan Smith, who had a couple games there where he showed something, some flashes. They still have Fastman Ted Ginn, who's still kicking, who's still flying. I don't know if he ended up beating that um, high school kid in a race, but he's still flying down the field at least. Yep. And I, I would honestly say, as a sleeper, they do have Richard Matthews, who, if you forgot, he did have some fantasy relevance both in Miami and in Tennessee, but in both places, and it's funny now that they have the same quarterbacks in Tennessee, but just had very inconsistent QB play, but mm-hmm. has been a productive option whenever he's been given an opportunity in the past. Yeah. So uh, out of those three... Where do you think you're you're going right now? And if I I don't want to choose one to be honest with you. I know it's the ah. Saints. It's a high-powered offense. Um, and like, you're right, Tra- uh, Traquan Smith. He did show some signs last year, but then he also showed us some uh, some um, zeros on, on fantasy weeks yeah. too. Yeah. As um, soon as he was picked up on a ton of rosters, he coincidentally yeah. went into the gutter. So that was yep. that was not good. <laughs> I'd probably just. I'd probably just throw it at uh, Ted Ginn and just and just see what happens. Wait what happens, watch and see. Yeah. Pray for a touchdown. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely think in a best ball situation, Yeah. Like that's that's phenomenal because they're going to just take, you know, whatever, a couple shots, two or three shots, just whatever, Ted, run, fly, go. And Drew will try and get it out to you. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that person that would have standalone value would be someone like a Richard Matthews. I mean, maybe I'm alone on this train here, but... I think in an offense like that, where you theoretically should be able to sustain... I mean, dude, last year, we were picking up dudes like Keith Kirkwood, and I think Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Lewis got on there. Austin, what's-his-face, got onto a car, got onto a few rosters at some point. Yeah. Like, you were you were really, really grasping for straws there because you knew that you just wanted to get a little bit of the, the Saints karma here on your team. That's correct, yeah. And I think that in terms of talent all these guys are higher than all those guys who are undrafted uh, free agent street street free agents you know but especially with a guy like richard who's shown that he can be relied upon as a complimentary um, you know not necessarily a speed threat but a, a complimentary receiver to mike thomas in terms of his ability to be a possession receiver i think there's some opportunity there yeah especially now that he's got a bounce back chance with a competent qb i think we can both agree there oh yeah It'll be interesting, like I said. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, their number two receiver is probably not on my draft board, but That's um, there's definitely yeah. value there because it is such a good offense. Yep, yep. It's just a matter okay. of who it is. And then um, I guess finishing up the Saints here, we got their tight end, and the tight end position. They they had a pretty notable pickup here. Right. And no, it's not uh, Jimmy Graham, but Dang. hey, look, it's your boy Jared Cook. He's Jared back, Cook. man. He's back. <laughs> How about that? Did you see he turned down the Patriots? Yes. I love this, dude. Multiple multiple players turning them down. Like, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's hey, back. Hey, Jared Cook you... just wanted to go back into disappointing people, okay? And he couldn't disappoint them in New, or- New England because they would literally just cut him. <laughs> so he can only go back to being a disappointment when 
you know, teams are just going to keep him on the roster, which Nola would do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would. Are you, uh, <laughs> are you a big Jared Cook now that he's on the Saints guy? You know what? I'm really torn because, yeah, he had an amazing gear, but he's never been that good. No. He's just never been that. So can we really, I, really rely on him? Like, do you really so. want to say that I relied on Jared Cook? Because I don't. I think uh, I think we all uh, still remember the days of Jimmy Graham. And no, we forget, no. we forget yeah, yeah, how for sure, good for sure. Jimmy Graham was. And yeah. I just, you know, I mean, last year what, Ben Benjamin Watson he had a couple of good games, but I mean, it just it couldn't be consistent enough for us. Yeah. No, and, and don't forget, man, they also have Dan Arnold on the roster playing tight end. So, you know, that, see, that's, that's the one good thing is that all the guys behind him absolutely blow. Yeah. Like, Dan yeah. Arnold dropped, like, some sure TDs last year. I was really high on him, actually. I scooped him up in a couple leagues, and I was hoping and praying, and then he dropped a big couple touchdowns, and then, and then he just went back into obscurity. Yeah. Never to be heard from again. So that's the one thing that Cook's got for him, is that there's really no one behind him. Josh Hill, just a blocking guy, man. Yeah. Like, all these guys are just dudes. Like, they're not the guy, which at least Cook can be the guy. Yeah. You know, definitely, I'd... Right now, he's the number eight tight end uh, off the board. There's still a couple guys behind him that I'd rather mm-hmm. take my shot at than him. Yeah, um, agreed. But you never know. He could, uh, he could be relevant, and somebody yeah, can definitely relevant. I just draft him in the sixth round. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's enough people that are high on him that they'll be like, "Oh yeah, he could do it again." And better, better, better quarterback. Right. Which I mean is all true, but. I just, I more more, more power to him, man. There you go. More, more power to him. So I think that pretty much covers us on the, the Saints here. Um, do you want to jump right into the next squad that we have going? The, Let's do it, man. The Dirty Birds. That's right, and I have it. Falcons equals juicy, juicy team, mm-hmm. man. Juicy options. Juicy um, options. And I won't spend too much time, like you know, like, like you said about Drew Brees on Matt Ryan. You know, we know he's the guy. Um, the only thing, real quick, that I'll hit on that I think is, is kind of interesting is if you go back and look at uh, Matt Ryan's last um, six years, it's kind of a, uh, I guess, like a roller coaster, you could say. Mm-hmm. I, let me read you his, his QB finishes the last six years, okay, real quick. Sure. So and this is every other year. All right, so 2, 15, 2, 19, 7, 15. That's just kind of blows my mind because last year going in reverse order right because last year he was two yeah 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 yeah. so last year two the year before that 15 then the year before (laughs) that two the year before that 19 7 15 oh jeez so So, that means he's in for a down year exactly man okay i guess done odd number of years he's down he's not very good you know he's very even keel so he doesn't like to be the odd man out no no but um Yeah, man. So I, uh, uh, I'll still t- uh, if he's in the, if it's in the right spot and he's sitting there, man, there I'll still go. take my shot on, on Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna reach yeah. for him. But I'll take my shot. He's, he's got he's got the weapons that will hit. I was gonna fast. say we just he's know that weapons. he's got the weapons there, so yeah. and, it's and never it's a bad thing. A big weapon that is returning for him is his running back, Devontae Freeman. Man, um, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited that he's coming back. He's, he's always been a pretty good fantasy option until he got hurt last year. Um, what do you think? Are you are you a, a big Freeman guy? Or are you are you kind of shying away because of his injury last year? 
Oops, sorry, I'm over here talking to myself on mute. So, um, <laughs> I think I still want to, I want to understand a little bit better. Um, as, as the time gets closer to the actual draft, our draft date, I want to understand a little more and try and see what the word is out of Atlanta, how he's looking after he's got a couple games under him, what he's looking like, what the burst is. Because, obviously, like you said, he's done it before. We know that he can do it. But can he get back and stay back is the most important thing. And, you know, you just got to kind of understand that and uh, hear what the word is to make an educated decision. So right now, you know, I'd say no. But I think it's a fluid situation. Let's put it that way. I got you. I, I'm uh, more optimistic, I guess. I'm, I like the uh, one, I mean, they lost Tevin Coleman. Two, Ito Smith is, I guess, the backup guy. I'm not a big Ito Smith guy. Um, hey, man, not just Ito. Who's, who's, who's the other guy? They, they what, Quadri Wilson or something like that, I think his name is. Right? Quadri, yep. Out of Olson. Pitt? Olson, I believe. Yeah, Quadri Olson, yeah, there we go. Out of Olson. Pitt, yeah. Yeah, and they, I've been reading about uh, their training camp. They have, I guess, been trying to use him as a short yardage goal linebacker, so that could definitely uh, hurt Freeman because, you know, we've known him to be a That's good line guy. exactly um, what I'm thinking because and in his career, just so people know, well, Ito is a very small guy. Quadri is a really big guy, and in his career at Pitt, he did not come down with a lot of catches. He was strictly used in that kind of traditional running back as a running machine type of situation yeah. and he was used a lot and he's perfect for that he, being a bigger guy he's perfect for those short yarded situations Definitely. so I think that also puts a damper on the ceiling for Freeman can't oh, be understated it, it, it does uh, Fre- Freeman right now is going as the number 19 running back behind uh, our boy Derek Henry um, you know so at 19 I'd, I'd be happy to get him as a number 19 running back so I think he definitely – I think he can stay healthy. He finishes higher than that, no doubt, especially with his pass-catching ability. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Devontae Freeman. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's going to finish there. I think he's going to either fall way below or definitely be above that. So agreed with you. you got to pick yeah. one or the other. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, man, jumping over to the wide receivers real quick, no reason to spend a bunch of time on Julio. You know, he's a – He's a beast. He's number one, or he's going to be a wide receiver one. Probably drafted as the top three wide receiver in our league, uh, which he should be. So, any any comments on Julio? Nah. I didn't think so, man. I think it gets a little, I guess, more interesting uh, with um, Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu right behind him. Um, last year, Ridley finished as the wide receiver 20. But he also had 10 touchdowns. He didn't have a high pass volume or high catch, um, a lot of catches. So definitely mm-hmm. the 10 touchdowns is what brought him up to be the wide receiver 20. Absolutely. Real question, real question is, can he do it again? I think uh, just looking at it from being more of a risk-averse status, I don't think that it's repeatable. And if it is repeatable, again, it's like more of an anomaly than it is the norm or the standard, yeah. unless he ends up just becoming, for whatever reason, a smaller guy who just a touchdown machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, look, every year except last year, Julio has not caught anything. And so they have to go somewhere because they're obviously throwing touchdowns in that city, in that, on that team. So, hey, 
really a good enough option as any to catch those that Julio does not. So it's just whatever you believe, and I just don't think that it's repeatable. I so even if he ends up being a better option this year, I think that, that his ceiling's also capped by the regression that he will inevitably see on the touchdown front. I'm, I'm right there with you. And uh, as I was looking into Ridley, obviously you got to look into us new as well. But I found very interesting uh, is last year they had the – it was like there were like two targets difference between the two of them. They were also just a couple yards difference between the two of them, between Sanu and Ridley. And Sanu had four touchdowns, which is why obviously he didn't finish as high as Calvin Ridley. Yes, sir. Um, but with that being said, today Ridley is being drafted as wide receiver 22, which, you know, uh, it's about – I think that's about right. You know, he has a top 24 wide receiver upside. But I couldn't believe why Muhammad Sanu is being – Drafted as the 72nd wide receiver. So, I mean, what I'm getting just, at... He's just, not, he's just not a very sexy option. He's not right? sexy at all, but what I'm getting at is if those touchdowns this year just kind of go a little bit more in Sanu's way, I mean, he, we'll mm-hmm. be talking about him next year as wide receiver 20 and not really. You know what I mean? I, I doubt that. Uh, I he's mean, not getting any younger, but... You I'm know. just saying. I'm just saying... Basically the same, really, the touchdowns fell his way, and that's the one thing that you can never bank on whenever you're uh, drafting a, 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 a player is that the touchdowns are always going to be the same. So yep. it's just crazy to me that it's a 50 wide receiver difference. And like you said, he's not sexy, but in the end, it only came down to touchdowns. Um, but it's Calvin Ridley, man. He's, he's got the, the young man, so he's definitely a, a sexy pick. <laughs> Sexy yes. dynasty pick, too. Well, I hope but he is for someone in the league. I just don't think it's going to be me. Not you, man? <laughs> you're, not, you're not buying in on him, huh? I'm not buying what he's selling. Oh. Nah. Are you buying what Austin Hooper's selling? Yeah, maybe. I know you, you bought it last year, right, for a yeah. few weeks? I, I tried to buy in, and then I was wrong, and then I was right again. But I, unfortunately, he just wasn't on the team at that point, so... He, uh, I couldn't believe he finished as the uh, number six tight end last year. I could because there was such a terrible position and he was actually pretty decent. Very terrible. Um, I was, I was, I was surprised he finished number six and he only had four touchdowns. I figured to be up there in the tight end position since it's not a high volume position other than the top three, it would yeah. take him just a little bit more touchdowns. But for him, it didn't. Um, he finished as the number six, as we said. Right now, he's going as the tight end number 11. So definitely could improve on his draft uh, position throughout the year. I think so. But like you said, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'll be buying what Austin Hooper's selling this year. There's just so many options on that team that uh, Matt Ryan has to throw to, and I feel like uh, Hooper is probably option three at best. You know, you could even argue he's number four. But Freeman. in a high-powered situation, it just bears um, the position that he's being, uh, that he's going, and maybe even saying that he's like a little bit going a little bit too low. Maybe, maybe, man. You're taking my it's tight end six, and you let me know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Gotcha. All right, cool, man. Uh, yeah, man. This the next team I think we're gonna hit is is a uh, a favorite of uh, one of the league members, man. 
right? I don't know. Who's, is he? Who's in, who's the next team, man? Um, I mean, not my favorite. I don't know. No, I don't no, know who you could yours. be talking about. I think it's uh, I think it's <laughs> another guy. It's got a beard. Yeah, nobody cares about that guy. And I got a beard. Okay, my beard. Oh, sure, you got It'll a beard be now. Yeah, man. Put it, put a pick up on the uh, on the messenger. We gotta see it. All right. All right, cool. No pants. Pick it doesn't count. Got it. <laughs> so uh, no, we're talking about the Panthers here now. So we can move on to them. Um, and uh, yeah, our buddy who's not actually with us because he flaked, uh, uh, Jet, didn't make it. But uh, you know what? We'll go ahead and talk about these. Uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and talk about his team anyways. So when you got to start with them, you honestly. This might be the most kind of linchpin player that determines the rest of the roster than any other roster. Because I think how he is impacts 100% of everyone else. And that is none other than um, our boy uh, Scam Newton. Scam Newton. Yes, sir. So, as everyone knows, he couldn't even throw it maybe 10 yards on the field last year at, some, at one point when his shoulder was got messed up. So. You know, uh, you gotta understand where is he from a health standpoint? Because until we know that, we don't really know anything. So uh, I think it kind of starts there and ends there as well. And I just wanted to ask you, what do you think is his ceiling, and what do you think is his floor? Um, I think his, well, for all indications, is he's cleared. He's in training camp, and supposedly I've seen some of his videos. And he looks like he's looks like he's okay. Obviously, he hasn't been hit yet, so we'll see what happens after that. But mm -hmm. I think his ceiling is QB one because he's done it before. Wow! I mean, he's, wow. he's been he's been a QB one before. Um, he has. Yep, he was QB one their Super Bowl year. Yep, um, I had him. Yeah, so he's and it's because of his rushing ability. Now, are they going to tailor that back because of his injuries? You know, that's that's the question. Um, but since he's done it before, I would I would argue that's that's probably his ceiling. Is it going to happen? I don't think so, but. I think, I think, uh, well, I mean, we know Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be QB1 again, so it's got to be somebody else. Oh, right? yeah, of course. Uh, but I think his, his floor is, if he's healthy, his floor is a top 12 quarterback, no doubt. Would you but see, that's agree? the thing. I don't because we don't know if he's healthy. And I, we won't I, know until he's, he's there and going. Exactly. But you, you're not going to know that. He's going to come out and say, oh, hey, by the way, he's not healthy right now, guys. You're not, uh, just, but um, it's built into his draft punch right now, I think. <laughs> yes, so that's why I think it's such a dangerous proposition for the whole team. Like, he's going to be that glue that will determine everyone else's value. Unless you're a Will Greer believer, which there are some in that, that camp, including the Panthers themselves, that think that he could be the next, next man up in a really good way. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's already kind of passed Taylor Heineke on that depth chart there, so... Unless you believe in what Will Greer's cooking, then um, I think it's all kind of going to go back onto Cam's shoulders. No pun intended there. So, uh, I mean, I think his floor is a lot lower, though, obviously, even with him being semi-healthy. I think that he could finish the year as a mid-tier QB2. And we've never uh. seen that from him before, but I think that it's possible even as he tries to work himself back into form. So, 16 games, you still think he could finish mid-tier QB2? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I agree to disagree. Okay, that's, that's good. That's, that's, that's a nice little, um, 
nice little opposition that we got. So that's that's fun. It'll be fun to watch though. Yeah. Uh, moving on from him, uh, we got the running back situation. So you got to start with CMC. Now the one thing I have for you is, how much do you think his body can endure? Assuming Cam's healthy, whatever, we think that he's going to get his right. So how much do you think CMC's body can endure? Because he's also not like a huge dude. He's not, um, but his body endured over 300 touches last year. So I think he's, I think he showed that he can, he could be the, uh, the workhorse, the bell cow. Um, the bell cow. Basically touch, basically touch every, uh, every snap if he wanted to. Um, the Panthers have come out and said they want to. I think he he played. See, he played 90, almost 92 percent of the snaps last year, which is crazy. I believe it, which is um, nuts. Freaking nutty, dude. So they said they want to limit his snaps, but not limit his touches. So yes, interesting. Uh, so I th I think he's fine. I, I was worried last year because we hadn't seen him do it, you know, and they were talking about him being that kind of guy. But yeah. he, he proved us. He proved to us that he could do it. So I, w I wouldn't worry. He about proved it. to us that he could, for sure, for sure. Now, what I will say though, um, in terms of his backups, I am super low on them. Like all of them, uh, like Cam Artis Payne, Elijah Holyfield, Jordan Scarlett, both those guys, the rookies that they drafted. I don't know if any of them can even be like decent replacements in the case that. Um, he goes down. I think it's going to be a situation like last year where you're just hoping and praying that somebody steps up, but it'll end up being like the Eagles, where yeah. when Ajayi went down last year, you like everyone reached and grabbed for like the Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwoods, the world, and it ended up being undrafted Josh Adams that barely gave you some value. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll be a very similar situation to what, what will happen in Carolina if anything happens to CMC. Hopefully it doesn't. Because when you have too many guys basically like you have no guys <laughs> yeah i agree so just something to bear in mind there um hopefully he can, i mean hopefully it's not it's a moot point where he just kind of his body stays and he ends up being the guy that we all want him to be so but um yeah that's my kind of two cents on the running backs anything uh, else to add this is the same man i'm i'm confident if if he wasn't a keeper i would take him i'd probably really consider him at 101 oh yeah yeah, but no doubt. Unfortunately, I don't feel like I will have that choice. So yeah, I think anyway. that's a, I think that's um, pretty right on there. Yeah, but I think interesting now, uh, position is wide receivers, man. I was just gonna say, so kind of moving on to the next, uh, moving on to the next slide there, with the uh, the wideouts on this team. Well, number one, I think kind of. The truck starts and ends with a guy in second year, rising star DJ Moore, who came on really hard down the stretch there. Um, ended so up being hard. A, he came on really hard, bro. Um, but no, he was he was phenomenal. I mean, you know, all jokes aside, he was really good. Now, what do you think is his ceiling, and what do you think is his floor? Um, well, like you said, it does. I I do agree with you in the uh, fact that it does rely on Cam Newton. Um, I think his I think his ceiling is a is a mid wide receiver too. See now why? Why do I think that? Yeah. Because I think he will get a lot of volume. I think it's gonna be between him and Curtis. Uh, they'll get a lot of volume, 
And if the touchdowns fall the right, right way, I don't see why he couldn't be a mid wide receiver too. I understand. So why then do you think he can't end up falling into the wide out one category? Why don't I think why he can? Why are you limiting his ceiling, Dan? You don't, why do you hate DJ Moore? Uh, I don't hate I, I don't hate DJ Moore um, because I think uh, Christian McCaffrey takes away a lot, um, you know, in the pass catching. And then also I do really like Curtis Samuel too. Um, oh. Said no one ever. That's what good. you don't like Curtis Samuel? <laughs> I didn't dude, say that. Have you watched his uh, his route running? That dude is really really good. <laughs> well, that's good. Sorry. What do what, you think his ceiling is a wide receiver one? I think his ceiling's a wide out one. Now that also assumes what I don't think is going to happen, which is uh, a back to form Cam Newton. And I just don't think that that's, that's plausible here. And that's why I think he will be more capped at a, a two ceiling. But yeah, if we saw fully healthy, then yeah, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. The sky's the absolute limit. But. With that said, I also think his floor is pretty damn terrible. And he could end up being a wide out four or five flame out if you saw some regression out of him just because of terrible quarterback play, which I hope doesn't happen. But I'm just saying I think it's a definite possibility with the unknown there. So I think there's a huge wide range of outcomes that could occur. Yeah. I don't know about wide receiver. I think I think wide receiver four, man, that's oof. Pretty low. Pretty I know. low on him. Oh, I know. But I also said that he could be anywhere from a top 10 to a top 40. So <laughs> that's 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 not saying much, but I think if you look between, read between the tea leaves, that's saying a lot. Yeah, I think so too. So, but I think we'll have to kind of just play along, wait along, and kind of go for the ride. If you're going to be in on him, you got to be in on him high because he's not going to go low. Nope. Uh, He's a fantasy darling, as everyone in everyone's books right now. So, if you want him, you got to go for him. So, that's going to be the fun part: is to see who does go for him like that, and who does spend that draft capital to get him. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Jayton's going to draft him in the fifth round. See, I don't think so because if you know anything about Jayton, then you'll know that he hates going after his own team because then uh, he has to root for his own team, and he doesn't, for whatever reason, like to root for his own team at the same time <laughs> that he's rooting for his team. So. <laughs> Okay. It's it's a funny situation there. So if you think it's gonna be Jet, it's probably not gonna be Jet. All right. So let me ask you, let me ask you real quick. DJ Moore going wide receiver twenty three right now. Uh, would you rather have Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, Travis Landry over DJ Moore? Maybe Tyler. Oof. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like yeah, those other guys ceilings are pretty capped to me except Tyler I mean Doug's gone he's mm. the de facto number one now he just doesn't he just, he's just not a hundred target guy to me not he's yet ever, I mean he could have been last year but he wasn't but he wasn't right he, he had less targets last year than he did the year before <laughs> with Doug Baldwin <laughs> I know <laughs> so I'm just saying a guy he just got paid Maybe that takes away from his motivation, but maybe it adds to it to step up. So, I'd rather have DJ more than uh, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis. I'd rather have. Hey, that's why I said Jarvis. maybe. I didn't say it's definite. <laughs> yeah, I know. Man. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead, man. Continue to to the guy you hate. Curtis no, and I think that that. So I don't hate him. 
but well my question to you was going to actually be what your thoughts were on him like whoa number two curtis samuel like what do you think about that so i think i gather from your discussion here that you think that's a pretty good number two option you like his skill set you like his route running you like how he fits in with uh, dj moore i don't know i'm just i'm not saying yes i'm not saying no again i just got to do more homework on him and i think that's going to play itself out in the kind of preseason games and how well do you think he's establishing that rapport with uh, Cam Newton? Yeah. Um, all right, all right now, man, if if you had to choose between DJ Moore and uh, Curtis Samuel, I mean, might as well, if you want to wait, you might as well go Curtis Samuel. He's going almost 20 wide receivers later than yeah, DJ Moore. Yeah. So, And, I mean, honestly, I, I could see either one of them, you know. Stepping up. Yeah. I don't think it's a guarantee it's DJ Moore. It could, honestly, it could be Curtis Samuel. It could uh, be. Very well. So, so yeah, man. What do you think I about uh, Greg Olson coming back? Well, hold on. Before we get to Greg Olson, um, just really quick, I wanted to touch on the rest of the wide receiver crew because uh, okay, you get some studs there. Do you okay. remember a guy named uh, Tory Smith? Ever heard of him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I have heard How of him. How about um, the Darling? Slot receiver that didn't work out in New England, Chris Hogan. Uh, yeah, ever I think he'll be drafted yeah. in the sixth round so, again this year. Um, I think suffice it to say, <laughs> God, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. But yeah, I think that, that that just tells you that the train starts and stops with those first two guys, and then it's just yeah after that. So, yes. but no, moving on. I think you had brought up a good question here, legit question. Okay, legitimate question here from our viewers. Who would you prefer? Ian Thomas or Greg Olson? And Dynasty, uh, Ian Thomas. No, 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 no. right now. This Arlie. year. This year, redraft. Th yep. This year, I, I'd, I'd take Greg Olson. Okay. See? He, now, what I'm saying is that I don't disagree with you, but I would rather... No, you know what? I do disagree with you. I would rather have Ian Thomas, because I think I know what Greg Olson's going to do. And I don't think he's going to... His value is going to appreciate much more than it is right now. Whereas I think... Ian's could. So, one year, one season, whatever it is, I would rather have Thomas. Okay. Uh, I I'm I lean Greg Olson, uh, just because we've seen him do it with Cam Newton before. They have that rapport. Yeah. Um, You're right. And he had, I know he broke his foot again last year. And it seems like he's uh, he's healthy now. So. If I had to take my shot this year, I'd, I'd take it on Greg Olson over Ian Thomas. Okay. Just me, Yeah, man. well, I think that's where we can um, agree to disagree because, yeah, I think that Ian's got a higher ceiling and just a, a better option right now. Let's see. Where's Ian Thomas? He's being drafted as a 28th tight end, so. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And just a lot of opportunity there because he's there you don't have to invest a ton of capital into acquiring him you can wait around until the end and then guess what in a, in a format where you have are allowed keepers there you go there he yeah. is if he was to blow up then boom you've just solved your issue with that position for the next however long however many years yeah which isn't that what we all want to do is just solve our issue with that damn position <laughs> can we just get rid of tight ends <laughs> can we yeah yeah I mean, screw the kicker discussion let's get rid of the tight ends 
You can just turn it into a, a, a flex, man. And then you, if you want to use a tight end, go for it. Use the damn tight no, end. No, no, no. <laughs> or we should, what we should do is make the tight ends more valuable. That's another opportunity. Put a premium on them? Put a premium, yep. That's 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 a discussion for another day, man. That's, <laughs> you're uh, right. Let's keep it on. Let's keep it on. Let's keep yeah, the discussion um, on target here. Yeah. Uh, now, I think that pretty much covers it for the Panthers. Unless right. you had anything else to add there. Uh, I do not. Um, I don't, man. I'm I'm excited for the Panthers overall this year. As long as Cam Newton stays healthy, I think they'll be they'll be pretty decent. Hey, they to, were really good last year until he got hurt, so it's yeah. tough division, but it's going to be fun at least, nonetheless. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a nice little bow we put on them, so we can kind of move on here. You want to go ahead and handle our next team here? I think it's going to round it out. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. This is, uh, this is Tommy's team, in case you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. We have a, we have a bet this year on either the 49ers or the Buccaneers ending with a better record. Wow. So, yeah. Can I get on that? I'm sorry? Can I get in on that? Sure, man. Why not? You want Tommy to buy you uh, lunch, too? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I would love that. Uh, talk to Tommy, man. He'll, he'll get you in on that. He's confident with okay. his team. Uh, but Tommy, yeah, it's, hit me up. Talking about the, the Buccaneers, man, it all starts with Jameis Winston since Fitzmagic is gone now. Would so. you say, Dan, that the buck stops with Jameis Winston. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught what I was doing there. I caught that's what you were laying down. In the in the business, that's what they call a pun. Ooh, I liked it. Yes. Um, yes. And I would say, yes, it does. Uh, real quick, Jameis Winston right now is going as the QB 15, which in my opinion is way too low, but. Did you know, Tom Brady ADP is higher than Jameis Winston's ADP right now. I believe it. It's crazy to me. Well, I mean, Tom Brady's the GOAT. What do you mean? He is. uh, In fantasy terms. um, Last year, speaking of Tom Brady, last year, dude had eight games where he threw one touchdown or less. That's half his games, man. That's not even usable. Yeah, it is. It's usable against me. Oh, yes, but he's going ahead of Jameis Winston, man. I think Jameis Winston's uh, he does like to throw it to the other team sometimes, but overall, I think. But we don't penalize that much on that, so that's okay. No, it's, it's oh, just negative two. So overall, I think he's yeah. he could definitely finish in the uh, top twelve QB uh, discussion. Discussion. Before yeah, it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, I would agree, sir. But yeah, I, I don't want to spend too much time on him. Let's let's just go ahead and jump over where there's a competition, and that's at the running back mm-hmm. spot. Who's going to be the starter? Um, reading through mm-hmm. their their training camp right now, it, it, it said it's an open competition between Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. Yeah, what else are they going to say? <laughs> I, I know. So actually, where do you know you... what? Arian's a straight shooter, so he he would just tell you. Oh yeah. So I he, actually believe that. He he said the other day. When they put the pads on for the first time, a lot of guys out there crap their pants. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so exactly. Bruce Arians is a straight shooter. He's going to tell you how it is. And you tell me how it is. Which, which way are you leaning? Is it going to be Barber to hang on to it from last year, or is Ronald Jones going to get his, his shot? 
honestly, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say they bring someone else in. Maybe a Melvin Gordon? Maybe a Melvin Gordon is what I, my thought Man, would be. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? Man. Yes, that would be phenomenal. I think if it that was... ever happened, that would be that would definitely mean top four for Gordon. Oh, like he jumps, out. I think, ahead of Kamara, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. It's... So, anyways, I, I whatever. Agree. We're talking. Uh, we're talking Fairyland right now. But I mean, if you had to ask me, I would just say neither, and just let whoever else wants him take him. It's, I it's tough. Don't too. trust that dude. It's it's tough because there's fantasy value to be had in a Bruce Arians running back. Except they don't want to have it. And yeah, we just don't. <laughs> we don't know who it is. Um, right now, yeah. if you look at ADP, they're telling you it's Ronald Jones because he's going before uh, Peyton Barber. Um, yeah, because you you know what Barber is. You just don't yeah. know what Jones yep. could be. Exactly. Although you have a good idea that his ceiling or floor is super low, you don't know what the ceiling is. Yep. Yeah, so it would be interesting to watch that through training camp to see who wins that job. Um, I've also heard some people talk about the undrafted free agent, Bruce Ander- Anderson. He's looked really good in camp too. Yeah, because so. those other guys are just not looking good. <laughs> just terrible. Did you hey, – real quick, I just wanted, did you see the video of their practice like two days ago? Ronald Jones, he hit this big run. He's running down the field, gets tackled. He fumbles it, right? So <laughs> once he fumbles, the defense picks it up. They run it back. And here comes Jameis Winston in training camp, 40 yards downfield, trying to cut this dude out down at his knees, <laughs> trying to make the tackle. <laughs> Jameis, stop. Wow. I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. It's like, come on. I wonder man. if he runs that hard after an interception. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> But, yeah, but like I was saying, man, that, that one's going to be interesting to watch as uh, training camp unfolds these next couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Uh, like I, said, I think there's fantasy value there. It's just a matter of who's it going to be, who you're going to take a shot at. Uh, yep. Where we know there is fantasy value is in their wide receiver, wide receiver positions and oh, their wide receiver yes. one. And Mike Evans, man. Yeah. Um, He's pretty good. Yeah, I don't think there's too much to hit on him. He's going to be – in the year, he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver as long as you know he stays healthy. In my opinion, he'll be top 12. I don't know if you disagree or not. No, um, I mean, I think that's what will happen. I just think his floor is a little bit lower with other emerging stars on the team. So. And uh, real quick, Antonio Brown or Mike Evans? Who would you who would you draft if those two were on the board? You would? You would? Mm-hmm. I yeah, think so. I think I'd go Mike Evans. Um, no, I don't think you'd go... I don't think you go wrong either way. I think my preference would just be Mike Evans. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as you were saying, uh, emerging stars at that position. Got our boy uh, Godwin, man. He... Another. By the way, this is like this might be the division of fantasy darlings because he's definitely there. He's, he's moved up. Um, I see people debating him on, uh, on Twitter. Um, Brad Evans, yeah. you know, of Yahoo, he was talking about him. Uh, people, he, he has him as a top 20 wide receiver, and mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree. And see, that's with what him. I think is a more interesting question, like Godwin or Moore, who we just talked about from the Panthers. It's a good question, right? It's a good question. See, now that's where I think that's where I wanted to lead that discussion because that is fun. Because I have no idea who I'm going with, but I, I mean, I would be happy with either of them but maybe just not at the price point that both of them are going at now because they're both well, rising me, so much. It's let me crazy. ask you this, this question. Who who do you think would have a better shot at seeing 120 targets, Godwin or DJ Moore? Uh, DJ. 
So then you got to go DJ, man. No, I don't. Because I could feel that the uh, ceiling of the offense might be higher in that area. A wide receiver who, who sees 120 targets finishes as a top 20 wide receiver over 80% of the time. So if you don't think Godwin could get that, his, his chances of finishing Ooh. higher are lower. Um, I understand, but I also told you my, my hesitancy with the entire Carolina situation. You just said you'd go DJ. I know, but I'm just telling you that I just told you about my hesitancy surrounding the whole situation. You just asked me about the targets. I didn't tell you that that's who I would choose, though. Oh, my apologies. You're right. I did not. <laughs> I did, you did not answer. So who would you choose? <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I asked you. <laughs> you I asked me about the targets. I answered. <laughs> I asked you about the choice, and you didn't. Come on. Uh, I would probably go Godwin. Okay. Um, last year, last year he saw 95 targets, right? So mm -hmm. let's just say let's just let's just use that 120 targets as as let's see if he could get there, right? Yeah, 95. They also lost to Sean Jackson and they lost um, Adam Humphreys, right? That's 180 yes. targets gone. So yep. I think Godwin can definitely get 25 more targets to get to that 120 target range which would give him a very good shot at finishing as a top 20 wide receiver. I agree. So that's where I would go. Uh, would you like to answer it? I think or the hype's real. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to give it away too much, but I'll, I'll go, I mean, I will say this. Like, I think the hype's real with him. I think it's good. I, yeah. I really don't know because I have to do more research on both of them and pit them up against one another, but I don't know who I'd go right now. I but I just you. think that that's an interesting discussion to have. Does the fact that Bruce Arrigan said, <laughs> take it for what you will, he said, Godwin is not going to come off the field. <laughs> so, you know, wide receiver two, he's going to stay on the field. So that's, that's some good uh, insight right there. I love he, that. See, that's why I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. I missed him in the, in the league. Straight shooter. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like I said, they lost Humphreys. They lost to Sean. Uh, they got Justin Watson now and uh, Rashad Perriman. He's still hanging around the league. Well, Perriman asked for his release once um, the Browns got the Browns, Odell. Yeah. So. That's right. So he, he found a home in Tampa Bay. It would be interesting to see who I would, I guess, put my money on uh, Justin Watson to take over that Humphreys, you know, little slot receiver role. Right, right. Um, but, no, there's definitely value in the wide receiver position for the Buccaneers. And I'm excited for them, man. And I'm also excited for their, their tight end, O.J. Howard. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, and see, what I would tell you is a lot of that 180 – um, in terms of the target output, is going to go in that direction. That doesn't mean all of it's going there. Yeah. I just think a lot of it will. No, I agree, because uh, Jameis Winston, he loves his tight ends. Um, I mean, you just love a good player, and he that's what he is, I think, more than anything mm -hmm. else. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that, so last year, OJ had 48 targets. So, I mean, what's well, realistic for him is in the target range. What do you think? You know, like a... He's not going to read a Zach, a Zach Ertz targets, I wouldn't think. But, I mean, I guess he could get, no, a, get to 100. No, but I, I was going to say 80% of that. Do you think it's possible? Because I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, think 100 so is pretty much is doable. well within his range of um, yeah. outcomes. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and last year, man, he was, he was good when he was on the field. He was, he was uh, fifth as far as points per game last year before he got hurt. So yeah. it's definitely a top-tier tight end um, caveat when healthy 
<laughs> when healthy, exactly. Um, and if you want to spend that draft price, I think he's going like fifth round right now, uh, which isn't yeah. crazy, but it's just a matter if you Still want to spend Still high that. capital, exactly. It is. It is. Uh, for, a one, for a position we only start one of, it's definitely high. So real quick, uh, actually I'd, I have Cameron Bray on here. I just have Cameron Bray, cool. Anything you want to add to that? No, I think he's cool. All right, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'll wrap up the NFC South real fast. And let me click back over. I th think we have a vote to announce. Are you ready to do that or no? There's a vote? What vote? Yeah, man, there's a, there's a vote that uh, one person has retired. Uh, now two oh, people okay. have to do an nice. upper decker in my bathroom. That's good. Um, there's some other stuff that I'm being punished for now since we're missing a vote. Oh, okay. Well, let's 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 clean that up then. Let's help All you right, out. Let's do it. So, what's the what's the vote? What's the question here? So the question is: Should quarterbacks' touchdowns be four points or six points? Um, let's 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 go with this. How many rings does the goat have? He has four rings. Wait, TB12 has four rings? You said the GOAT. I thought you were talking about Joe Montana. No. No, I was talking about the real GOAT. <laughs> so, TB12, that's what we're going to go with, all right? Okay. The number of rings. Let's go. Oh, man. We're doing it. Oh, man. We're doing it. You're going to disappoint so many people's hearts. <laughs> But my pocket's going to feel a lot better, so that's all that matters. Oh, man. All right. I guess that settles it. Um, is there, other than Patrick Mahomes, is there a reason uh, why you are deciding to go six? Absolutely not. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you have it, Butt Bucks. Next year, Dave got his way. I don't know who Dave blew, um, but he got his way. <laughs> <laughs> QB will be six points next year, or this year, I should say. So yeah, passing man, TDs. Yeah. Passing TDs will be six, um, which I I voted for. But just real quick, if you don't mind, I'll elaborate on it. I'm okay yeah, with sure. it. Um, I went through, I ran the numbers from last year. It it adds a little bit more value to the top tier quarterbacks compared to the bottom QB one that's, range. That's um, what I care about. Dude. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, that's I'm okay with that. Because uh, me too, I am. You know, it it uh maybe will change some people's draft strategies as far as uh, drafting quarterbacks a little bit early. I don't, I don't know. It um, as I told you, it only made a difference of a point, you know, per week from QB two to QB twelve. Um, the real difference was if we have a Patrick Mahomes five thousand fifty touchdown season. You know, that's when you'll see the huge difference between QB one and QB twelve. But um, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's a huge difference. I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay with it. That's that's Manesh's decision. So, six-point quarterbacks, man. Congratulations, Dave. He's the big winner. Yeah. Here's Cheers. Cheers, Dave. So, yeah, man. Next week, hit the NFC West. Maybe we'll talk yes, a little maybe. bit of keepers if we have some. Ooh. Ooh, keepers. You think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be one? Uh, maybe. I think Jolly will keep him. See, I don't know if he's a keeper. He's definitely a looker, though. Oh, that he is. 
All right, man, that's, that's going to wrap it up, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, guys. Later. We draft on dudes named Brady. Dudes hit on us, it's crazy. Drinks all around, please save me. In fantasy, we're fucked. Tiny dicks that we talk. You're in luck with box.